The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and went to live in Capernaum by the sea, in the region of Zebulon and Nephthalim. And that what had been said through Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun and land of Nephthalim, the way to the sea beyond the Jordan, the Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sit in darkness have seen a great light, and those dwelling in a land overshadowed by death, light has arisen. From that time on, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And as he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother, Andrew casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. And he said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. He walked along from there and saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother, John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called them. And immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. He went around all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and curing every illness and illnesses among the people. The Gospel of the Lord. Many, many of you here have attended an ordination, but have saved priesthood. I just had one this month. And at that ordination... At the very beginning of the rite, the person to be ordained is called by name, and the person responds individually. The name is called, in the old days, the word was ad sum, I am present. Today it's simply present. The bishop then asks, the vocation director, if the man is worthy. The vocation director responds, saying that after investigation, he has been found worthy. The bishop then calls him to priesthood. He's called. He didn't just choose it himself. 
The bishop, in the name of the church and in the name of God, calls him to priesthood. Only then may he come, not just because he decided that that's what he wants to be, but he must be called, and by name. And those of you who were married were married. I don't think many people think of that as a call. They might know it. But there isn't a direct call in the liturgy except that when the couple comes forward, they are asked by the priest, who, as you know, only represents the church, the couple confers the sacrament on themselves, he asks them some questions, as as someone about to be ordained is asked. Will you, will you, will you? And the same thing with a couple coming to get married. Have you come here freely? Will you accept children lovingly from God? And so on. And then he says... Since it is your intention to enter into into marriage, join your hands and declare your consent. That, in a sense, is a call from God. They are called to do something. They are called to consent to marry this person. The single life, a little more subtle, I suppose. Not always, though. There are certain people who are called to publicly declare um, before God that they will serve God in the single life. But whatever the case, we are always called. We think, again, it's simply my inclination or my choice. That's there because God wants it to be there, because he is calling you or calling me. Sometimes there is, an, I mentioned before, an antecedent call and a consequent call. God might call us to something, but we don't want it. We want something else. The other thing that we want is good, not what God called us to originally. So consequently, God will then call us to that. But it wasn't the original call. In any case, we come now to today's gospel and the first call. Our Lord leaves Galilee, and he goes to Capernaum, and he begins to preach. The first call, of course as always in the gospel, is repent. Here again, we should put that on our currency. Repent. That's what we need to do, because there can be no call until there's repentance. Or I should say, the first call is the call to repentance, to change your life, to be a different person, to radically change it according according to the church, as expressed through the gospel and the commandments. Repent. And then he goes on to, con- to deal with his apostles and with these f- four. He's walking by the Sea of Galilee. Notice how that's expressed. Again, how simple the gospel is. There's no dramatic uh, description of what our Lord is doing by way of his bearing or his majesty. No, it simply says, as he was walking by the Sea of Galilee much as if to say, as he was walking down the street. He saw two brothers. He has seen these two brothers as he has seen you and seen me from all eternity. And he knows who they are. They know him. They've probably heard him. They may have even met him. They're aware of his being. They're aware that he is unique. They're aware that he might be the person they are waiting for. But they are doing normal things, too. These two brothers, 
Peter and his brother John, Andrew, are casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. It's just that simple. They were doing ordinary, everyday things when the Lord walks up to them. As you and I are doing ordinary, everyday things as a rule when the Lord comes up to us. Even with Moses in the burning bush, he was tending the flocks. He wasn't just standing there waiting for God to come. He was doing the ordinary things. As you and I do every day, do ordinary things. We go to work. We go to school. Uh, we have exercise, we have leisure, we have play, and we are doing ordinary things. But God is watching, and he is coming. And he is passing by. As St. Jose Maria Escobar said, he is passing by. And he stops, and he addresses them. Again here, notice what the Lord does. I know I keep mentioning this, but it's important to mention it. He does not try to talk them into it. He doesn't present the pros and the cons. He doesn't suggest that this is a good thing to do uh, for these reasons. Uh, He simply commands them, as our Lord does. It's a command. It's an imperative. Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. You and I don't hear the call as they did, or at least most people don't. There might be some rare people to whom God addresses himself in just so many words. But he does come after me. And notice the response. At once they left their nets and followed him. To what? They don't know. Neither do you and neither do I. I don't know yet, do you, exactly to what God's calling you? I know at this moment what I'm being called to do. What may happen in the next one, I'm not so certain. Or by the end of the day, or by the end of the week. But he will be calling. They left their nets and followed him. For what? They had an idea, I suppose. It was the wrong one, but they had one. He goes on then to the two other brothers, the two sons of Zebedee, the the sons of thunder, remember? James and John. They're with their father. Again, doing something very ordinary, in this case, mending their nets. They're with their father. And he calls them. And notice what the scriptures say. Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. So they have left what they knew to go into something they don't know. They have left what they wished to do or had to do to go into something that would seem to be the will of God for them. Are they prepared? No. They think they are, but they aren't. They keep saying that they are prepared. They keep telling the Lord that they are prepared, and they aren't. Do they have the strength to do what he wants them to do? They think they do, but they don't. Remember the reason why, too, in the end? In the end, they refused to pray. He asked them for an hour. They slept. They were unable to do what he called them to do, even though they thought they were so brave and so wonderful. You and I, then, are called also. We do, however, have the strength to do what he calls us to do. If we are willing to accept that reality, we have it now. We always have. The question is, to what? And that differs, of course, from person to person, from place to place, from time to time. We are not all called to dramatically great things. Most of us are called to everyday things, but we are called nevertheless 
and we are called by name at every moment of our lives. There isn't one of us here who doesn't have a vocation. At this moment, we are all either called to the married life, the single life, or the religious life, every one of us here. And throughout our lives, we will always be called to that. That may sometimes change also. But we are also called to something else. We are called to everyday sanctity. We are called to heroic virtue every moment of our lives. So we have to respond. Now, the good news is that he's given us the power to do it. They followed him. You and I are given the strength to do it because we are here. We have come here to learn how to follow him. You and I then have a strength that other people do not have. We have the strength of his body and blood. We have the power that he has given to us to do not only what we would like to do, but far more than that, as he calls us to do it. Every day we should pray for the grace to know what the will of God is for me this day. To ask him how we are supposed to follow him. How we are supposed to listen. That's where it begins, isn't it? Repentance, and then we must listen to what God is saying to us. Now, very often we can run all over creation avoiding that call and doing what we want to do on our own terms. But that isn't what God wants. He wants us to listen to him and then to respond as we know him calling us. I still say, again, the best way to do that is in front of him in the Blessed Sacrament. Um, We can do it anywhere. In fact, we can't always be here, even if we wanted to. But wherever we are, we have to ask for that. So they accepted the call, as did, well, let's say, St. Augustine. I want to go back to that one great prayer of St. Augustine's that we all know, but it's good to remember that he answered the call. He didn't do it right away. They did it right away and then failed. He failed and then accepted it. It can go both ways. In in most lives, it does. Uh, But when he finally heard it, then his response was different. Remember what he said. He said, you called and shouted at me and broke through my deafness. That's worth repeating. You called, you shouted at me, and broke through my deafness. You sent forth your light and shone upon me and chased away my blindness. You breathed fragrance upon me, and I drew in my breath and do now pant for you. You touched me, and I have burned for your peace. And so... He has, and so we must respond. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you, redeemed by the blood of your Son, and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, her members will always respond immediately to the call of God as they know it, especially the Church suffering and the Church in our own country. We pray to the Lord. For our president, vice president, governor, and all of our elected officials, they will be people who govern always with justice, always with wisdom, and always for peace. We pray to the Lord. Lord, For all those who are sick and suffering, that they may know that they are called by God in their suffering to follow him. For those who are greatly tempted, For those who have lost the faith and ceased to follow, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For a greater respect for human life in this month especially, 
for life in the womb and for all those who go to proclaim that in the marches uh, this coming week. We pray to the Lord. Lord hear our prayer. For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women will respond to the call of God in a heroic way. For a greater reverence for the call of marriage and the call to the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord hear our prayer. For our, our administrator, our new bishop, whomever he may be, priests, deacons, seminarians in the American hierarchy, that they will know that they have been called. They will respond to that call heroically, being willing to sacrifice all things for the sake of the kingdom of God. We pray to the Lord. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster that they may look upon the face of the Lamb of God. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. Amen. May they rest in peace. Amen. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, we will respond to the will of God as it is made known to us, as did the apostles, even should it lead us to suffering on the cross. We pray to the Lord. Lord, We now join our prayers to those of the Mother of God and the Queen of Apostles as we say. Mm 